0: Tonight we're back in our study in Proverbs chapter 28, Proverbs 28. As you're turning there, I would remind you, uh, this is God's wisdom for life. I've said it a million times in the course of this study, God in this study is telling us the best way to live, to honor Him, and to be blessed by Him, to actually enjoy His blessings. Now, as we start tonight, I want you to think about how many of the troubles of life, and those are many, how many of the hardships of life are self-imposed? How many of the things that we end up enduring or walking through in the course of our days are caused, not by somebody else, as much as we'd like to blame somebody else, but are caused because we made unwise decisions. And maybe we did the wrong thing, maybe we made the wrong choice, maybe we said the wrong thing, Uh, Maybe we were lazy and we did nothing, or maybe we procrastinated when we were trying to do the right thing. But whatever it is, we did not operate in godly wisdom. And so the consequence of that is we find ourselves suffering. Well, God uh, tries to preemptively tell us this is the best way to live. This is how not to fall into this pattern. And so you can avoid these pitfalls. You can avoid these troubles if you will listen and if you will hear and if you'll submit to the truth of God's wisdom. All right, we're back to our study tonight. Uh, We left off last time, chapter 28, uh, verse 20. Tonight we're going to start back, Proverbs chapter 28, beginning back in the 21st verse. 21st verse says this, To show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. To show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. Uh, It says in verse 21, to show partiality. Now it's talking about uh, choosing someone because you took a bribe. And that is the literal context of the verse. Uh, someone gave you something, or someone promised you something, and so you are partial to that person. There was an implication that you might receive something, or you might receive favor from somebody, and so you are partial to that person. Well, the Bible says to show partiality in that manner, it is not good. It's talking about morally good. To do that is not morally good. Then the verse goes on to tell us uh, really the, uh, a truth of human nature, how easily we will compromise. Sometimes we think, well, hey, I'm tougher than that, or I'm smarter than that, or I have uh, more willpower, but it tells us how easily we compromise. It says, for a piece of bread, and I would add, especially if there's butter on it, a person will sin. We will surrender the right thing very easily, is what the Bible's saying, to do the wrong thing. It doesn't take much to lure us in, but it doesn't take much to pull us in. And for even a small piece of bread, a person will enter into sin. Now here's what I want us to think about in this verse. Here's what I want us to consider as we begin this evening. Understand when you do this, somebody has promised you something, somebody has offered or given you something, or maybe you think, well, hey, I will impress this person. But when you do this, understand you're not selling a decision. Sometimes we think it's it's that cut and dry. You're not selling your favor. Uh, You're not selling uh, some some, some something that you can give to somebody. Here's what you're selling you're selling your integrity. So we need to think about that. When you say, you know what, if you'll give me this or if you'll show me favor, I will trade it out for partiality. When you do that, you're selling your integrity. And evidently to you, your integrity, your reputation, your proven character Is not that much. Sometimes we go through life and think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, I'll take care of you and you take care of me. But what you're doing in that process is you're showing your integrity, your proven character, your reputation is not worth that much to you. For a very simple thing, you will sell out. Verse 21 to show partiality is not good because for a piece of bread, a man will transgress. All right, moving on, verse 22. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. Verse 22 tells us a person's character is is revealed Now, we see this in our world today, especially when it comes to the gaining of wealth. Now, there are things that will reveal our character. I think tough times reveal our character. But it says here, and I think we see it as true, a person's character is revealed, especially when it comes to the gaining of wealth. And it says here, a person with an evil eye, a person that has evil intentions, they hasten, or they chase after wealth. And I was trying to think about uh, the expressions of evilness, of wickedness. Many of them are expressed as a person tries to steal something, or to rob something, or to cheat, or defraud somebody of something. And so this person with an evil intent, it shows up as they hasten or chase after wealth. That is how it is expressed. At the end of verse 22... And really, at the end of verse 22, it is a tie-up or a tying together of verses 21 and 22. It tells us the one who has evil intentions, who chases after wealth, and in doing so, 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 uh, sells out or or compromises their integrity, uh, they think that they're going to succeed. I think most of us think, I'm going to succeed. This is going to pay off for me. But it says the truth is they will end up in poverty. They may not see it coming, they may not think it is coming, but if this is how they operate, they sell out their integrity, they compromise, they chase after wealth with an evil heart, the truth is they will end up in poverty. Now, let me explain that in our language today. Here's here's how we might say that today Crime doesn't pay, crime does not pay. Dishonesty doesn't pay. You're going to cheat on a test, you're going to cheat on something, dishonesty does not pay. Cutting corners in a crooked manner, uh, hiding things, it does not pay. Now, I was thinking about that. Over the course of your life, the long-term run of your life, you may think, well, I got away with something. Well, I pulled it off, and look at the gain that I had from that action, but I want you to see this. Over the long-term course of your life, you can recover from a lot of things. You can make bad mistakes, you know what? You can recover from them. You can do sinful things, you know what? You can recover from those things. Uh, You can repair relationships. You can mess up some relationships with time, you can repair them. You can repay any damages that you might cause But I want to tell you this, most likely you'll never recover your integrity. And that's the truth. You know what? You can go back and fix this and take care of that, and you might get things back on on better ground than than it was, but once you have sold out your trustworthiness, once you have sold out your integrity, I believe it's almost impossible to gain back your reputation. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that one will come upon him. Verse 23, he who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. Let me read that again. He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. Now here's what verse 23 is telling us. There are people who are professionals at telling other people what they want to hear. And they come along and they tell you what what you want to hear. And they they may be kind of crafty and search out what it is that they think will please you. And they tell you what you want to hear. They flatter you. Uh, We might say they kiss up to people. But really those things are empty. Uh, They'll say things and that's what you want to hear. They think that's going to please you and they say those things, and, and, and they're kissing up, and really those things are empty. Now, here's the thing. Once you realize that is happening, once you see the truth of that, is, that that is happening, and people catch on, that process is really pretty gross. Now, that person is kind of a greasy person. Now, they have no backbone. They will not stand for anything, but they'll say anything to gain favor. favor. But here's the truth. A person who values you enough, who values your relationship enough, who values your future enough uh, to correct you or to call out what is wrong. Now, I want you to know that is a hard thing. And that, if you're going to do it, it is a costly thing. Uh, I have a relationship with somebody and there is an issue, there is a problem in that relationship. And you know what, they're not a throwaway person to me. That's not a throwaway relationship to me and I value having a relationship in the future enough that I will call them out, that I would correct them. A hard thing. That, the Bible says, actually bears fruit. That produces something worthwhile. So there's people say, well, you know what, I don't have time for that. I'm not going to mess with that. I don't want to offend anybody. And so they just keep saying empty words, but a person who values you enough, and your relationship enough to actually uh, rebuke and correct, there is going to be fruit that is born in that relationship. Now, let me tell you this, it may be poorly received at first. You ever had that experience? You've got good intentions, and you think, you know what, this is the best thing, and I, I, I've prayed about it, and I need to say this thing. Uh, lots of times our response is to flare up, and it may be poorly received. It may cause friction at first, but here's what the Bible says. If you trust the process, it will bear a good result. Let me tell you how you can be a judge, a good judge of people. How do you know what a person thinks of you and thinks of your relationship? And here's what I'm gonna tell you. is a pretty good standard of measure. Uh, How do you know what a person thinks of you? Here's the question. Will they shoot straight with you? Uh, Will they come alongside and say, you know what, hey, this is a problem. Or this is a problem for you. Or this is a problem for me. Or this is an issue in our relationship. Will they risk trouble to be honest with you? You want to know the quality of a person and you want to know the value they give to your relationship Will they be honest with you? Will they risk trouble in your relationship to be honest with you? Let me read verse 23 again. He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. Verse 24, he who robs his father or his mother and says it is not a transgression is the companion of a man who destroys He who robs his father or his mother and says it is not a transgression is the companion of a man who destroys. In their culture, and I'll just tell you in our culture today as well, the fundamental relationship, the basic relationship as per God's plan is the relationship we have with our family. And so the starting place in our human relationships are that of parents and kids. Kids, children, and parents. Well, this verse tells us that if a person will steal from their parents or mislead their parents or defraud their parents, that they are, and this is in a Route 2 Hebrew translation, they are sorry. Any person that will rob from their parents, steal from their parents, lie to their parents, defraud from their parents, mislead their parents to gain wealth. Those people, the Bible is telling us, they are sorry people. I want to tell you that is actually a very common occurrence. And you watch kids today, especially if they have older parents, uh, they have some kind of attitude that they owe it to me, or maybe they think, well, it's an easy mark, uh, and, and you look around, and there are adults who are really mooching off of or living off of or bleeding dry uh, the goodwill of their parents. And, I, and, and you might know some folks that are doing that. Uh, those parents are good-hearted, and those parents uh, have, a, have a good attitude or, or a goodwill or generous. And there are kids that lie and mooch and take and hide and accumulate and pull off the goodwill of their parents. That's all around us. Let me tell you this, and I I'm, can can tell you this is pretty easy to see as well. If you want to see a conflict, and if you want to see an issue, uh, things that you wouldn't expect. I, I would never expect that. Watch people when it comes to family money. And I don't. They may be the greatest brothers and sisters ever, and the parents will die and things you never thought would happen all of a sudden start to happen. There may be relationships you thought, hey, these are are 50 and 60 and 70 years old, and things you never thought would happen. If you want to see real conflict, watch people when there's an issue when it comes to family money. Well, the Hebrew word here for rob, it actually means to plunder. And so this, this child, they plunder, they just take it. They want it, they get it, they feel like they deserve it, they take it. They actually plunder the parents' money. It says that that person is a companion, now it's meaning that they are like this, the companion of those who destroy. Now the word for destroy here means people who uh, wreck havoc everywhere, who crash in and cause ruination everywhere. A person that would take from their parents, that would abuse their parents financially, they're a person that caused trouble everywhere. Here's my advice, and and here's what I believe we can take from this verse. If a person treats their parents like that, you watch a person and they're mooching off of, living off of, bleeding dry their parents, if a person treats their family like that, you better watch out. And you better be careful if you do business with them. You better be careful of the association you have with them. Uh, You better watch out. He who robs his father or his mother and says, it is not a sin, it's not a transgression, is the companion of a man who destroys. Verse 25, And an arrogant man stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. We've had versions of this repetitively. "'An arrogant man stirs up strife, "'but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper.'" This goes back to the attitude of the heart. Now, this arrogant person, in the context here, they're a person that they're always right. They know what's right. They know what is best. They know what's best. If they're doing it, it's right, because they're doing it. It is, it is best. They're unbending because they know what's right. They're not willing to listen. I don't need to listen You can talk, you can tell me all the things, but I already know what's right. If I'm doing it, it's the right thing. And so they're unbending, they're unlistening. Here's what the Bible says. Those people in their arrogance cause trouble and issues. And it really is telling us they cause division. Think about that for a second. If you find a humble person, a humble person, they are kind. They are giving. They are self-depreciating. You know what you're not finding around those type of people? You don't find problems. You don't find division. You don't find, I need mine, I want mine. When you find a humble person, you find goodness and kindness. When the arrogant person, you're going to find division and bickering and fighting and trouble. They're self-reliant. They're self-assured. They're self-trusting, and the arrogant person finds themselves in trouble. I, there's, a, there's a version of this person. You, you might know people that fit all of this, but there's a version of this person that I think takes it to the next level. Now, they're always right, and because they're always right, uh, they, they're a person that thinks, you know what, I've got to give somebody a piece of my mind. And I don't know, there's people that can just go through life And they get wronged and wronged and wronged and wronged. And you know what? They just keep on trucking. They they just keep silent about it. They just move on. And there are people that, you know what? I've got to give them a piece of my mind. I've got to let them know how this is. I've got to let them know they're not going to get something over on me. I've got to show them. And I've been around folks that I've got to give them a piece of my mind. And I always think, man, you better hold on to that. You're getting kind of low. It says, but he who trusts in the Lord prospers. Now, let me explain that to you. The person, they're not arrogant, they're not unbending, they're not unlistening, they don't have to give you a piece of their mind, but a person that trusts the Lord. Here's what that means. They seek God's wisdom. God, what's the best way? What's your word say? They seek God's direction. What is, has what is he, he led me to do? And they seek God's honor. Does this please God? Do these words honor God? They seek God's honor. And they measure and their, wor- their words and their actions accordingly. You find a person and they want God's wisdom and they want to exist for God's honor, those people, the Bible says, will prosper. They'll be blessed. They will prosper. All right, verse 26 really is a companion verse. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. A companion verse really echoing the sentiment of verse 25. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. There's the person that says, I trust myself. I know what is best. I know what I'd have determined to be right. The Bible says that person is a fool, But a person that walks wisely, again, seeking God's wisdom, seeking God's direction, seeking God's honor, it says they will be delivered. That means they will find safety. They will find a good way out of a bad situation. They will be delivered. Verse 27. He who gives to the poor will never want, but he who shuts his eyes will have many Curses. Very interesting verse. I think we treat it too lightly. Very important for us to understand as followers of Christ. He who gives to the poor will never want, but he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. Again, uh, this is a truth that is opposite of what the world teaches. The world says, grab and get and keep Uh, sell your integrity if you have to, Uh, for sure do not be generous. That's what the world says. But God says, trust God, work hard, and be generous. That's the economy that God blesses. That's the way it says you're going to have success. Trust God, seek his glory, be gracious, and be generous. God says that he, in fact, I'll just tell you the verse, he promises that he will bless that. I think sometimes we think, well, that's a a good sentiment, but it's not going to hold true. Or I think we think, well, that sounds good on paper, but I can't afford to do that. I, I think this is actually a check of our heart. And I think when we understand the graciousness of God, really the lavish graciousness of God, What he has given to us, what he affords us, especially in our salvation, especially in the forgiveness of our sin. When we understand the the monumental, uh, uh, astounding graciousness of God, we couldn't help but be gracious ourselves. And I think if we are understanding the one thing, it's going to result in, in the attitude of the other thing. We're going to be generous people. I was thinking about that. Do you know what it requires for you to be generous? If you're Here we go. Tonight, I hear this, and it says God blesses generosity. It um, says there's a, there's a curse if we're not generous, and I decide and determine to be generous. you know what it requires to be generous? The decision to be generous and nothing else. It requires nothing else to be a generous person. All you have to do is make up your mind and actually be generous. You do not need another degree to be generous. You do not need to read four books on generosity to be generous. You do not need a windfall. I think a lot of us say, yeah, but if I got rich, whoo, I'd be generous. If I had $10, I'd be generous. You do not need a windfall to be generous. You do not need anything else, but the determination to be generous and then to be generous. I think about the widow's mind. People come by and they're rich, they've got all their money and they've got it stacked up and they make sure everybody sees it and, and the priest is there and he's collecting it there in the temple and here comes the little, widow, the little widow and she comes along and has her two coins, dink, dink, drops them in the treasury. That is generous. You know what, she trusted God. She wanted to honor God. She was gracious. We do not need anything else. Well. Next year, I'm going to be generous. Well, when I get my retirement funded, I'll be generous. To be generous, we can be generous right now. Realize what God has done. Understand how gracious he is to us and start being gracious. He who gives to the poor will never want. God says that repetitively. But he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. Verse 28, when the wicked rise, men hide themselves But when they perish, the wicked, the righteous increase. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. This goes back uh, to several verses that we've already come across on our leaders. Uh, When wicked leaders rise to power, people suffer. Uh, People are abused. People are taken advantage of. People become fearful, and, and the, the fruit of that, the result of that, people hide out. They become scarce. But the Bible says when those leaders are replaced, when they perish, good people increase. Good people show back up. Now, here's the truth. Our leaders impact people. Sometimes we think, well, they got a bad leader, but it's not impacting me. Our leaders impact people, impact our culture, our culture impact our society, it impacts us. Our leaders matter. And if you have a corrupt leader, watch this, corruption is allowed for. And if you have a corrupt leader and that's their heart and that's their method of operation, corruption is allowed for. And then corruption is overlooked and corruption begins to grow. But the flip side of that, when you have a good leader, goodness is promoted. Goodness is rewarded, and goodness likewise grows. The leader you have matters. Verse 28, when the wicked rise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. We're going to stop right there tonight. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. During Father, we come tonight and we are thankful for truth that we can be confident in, for truth that we can take in and we can consume, and we can emulate, and we can practice, and that will bear fruit. Lord, I'm thankful for your wisdom that is infinite, that is perfect, that is pure, that is righteous, and that is given graciously to us. I pray tonight as we have studied, as we have thought and considered, I pray that we would be people that would consider you, that would seek your wisdom, that would seek your righteousness, that would seek your honor and your glory, that would measure our steps and our words and our actions and our activities and our responses according to the godly wisdom that you've given us. And I pray the fruit of that is that lives would be blessed, that troubles would be avoided, that pitfalls would be skirted around. But most of all, that you would be pleased, that you would be known, that you would be honored, that your your name would be high and lifted up. Lord, we come tonight as we head into this week, we again pray for our nation. And I, I pray, Lord, for the leaders of our nation. I pray for a turning to God, whatever that would take, If it's the hearing of the word of God, if it's the correction of the spirit of God, I pray for leaders that would turn to God. I pray for people that would hear the gospel, hear the good news and respond in faith. I pray for a church, Lord, that would not be silent. I pray for a church that would stand. And I I pray for your truth to be proclaimed and known by people that didn't just come and listen and come and agree but that came and went out and and taught the gospel and spoke the gospel and modeled the gospel and cared enough about a lost, suffering world to tell of the gospel, the good news of a risen Savior. Lord, I pray for our nation. I pray for our military. I pray for those that are in harm's way. I pray for those that are making decisions. I pray that you would bless them, that you would hold them, and that you would use them, again, for your namesake, for your purpose. Lord, I pray for homes in our nation. I pray for dads in our nation. Lord, I see a a whole chunk of them missing, a whole chunk of them misdirected. I pray for dads that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God that they would be convicted of their leadership and needed and, and graciously placed in their homes. And I pray for dads that will stand. I pray for moms I pray for kids. I pray for grandparents. I pray for families that would bless you, that would honor you. Lord, we come tonight and we just pray thanking you for our church. Uh, We thank you for your word. We're thankful for the opportunity to stand in these days. I pray, Lord, that we'd be faithful in them. And then we end this day by saying, Lord Jesus, uh, you are our king. Uh, You are our hope. You are our peace. You are our portion. And we exalt your name. And I pray all this in Jesus' name.